The flyover state sports show is for a mature audience. It contains strong language and adult situations. We do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Is this on? No, it's a yingling flight, baby. If you haven't had these, no free ads around here, but God, these are good. I don't know. That sounds like a free ad, bro. They're good. They're they're good. You know, they're they're about like a Mickey, so they're a little they're a little pricey, but they're they're totally worth it. The fuck is a Mickey? Michelob. Oh. I've never heard anyone call Michelob Ultra Mickey. I've always just said it just as a short word, and people kind of understood what it meant, so sorry. I, You know what? That's not me. I'm really tired today. Um, really, you know, fighting to stay awake during the show. You know, we have a lot of things to talk about today. I didn't eat lunch. We're hungry. We're tired. We're hired, I guess. We're hired to do this podcast. Indeed, we are. Well... But anyways, so as I was saying before I interrupted myself with your Mickey, uh, we are the Flyer State Sports Show. I am your host, Sam Log, and I am joined by Caleb the Bean Jubal. Morning. Absolute legend in these parts. He is just demolishing that beer. Holy hell. It was a day, my guy. It was a day. Well, how about you talk about your day? Uh, I mean, work. Work and snow. Working snow. We have no snow down here in Independence. That is so crazy. How did you? Well, I guess you're down south further. I get that, but like, I am literally at the border of Kansas and Oklahoma, or like, yeah, away from it. <laughs> so I don't know if this is a little hot takey or not. Um, but like, a like we always do this, but this storm did not amount to what it was supposed to be. And B never does. Never does. No, never. It, it could. You could say it's going to snow. Except that one in like 2013. Dude, okay. If you ever you have like, know. dude, if you ever have like a date attached to like a natural event, like like this. If I say ice storm of 2006, everybody's like flashbacks, like nom, and it's just like. I didn't remember if that was 06 or 07, but like, I think it was, well, it was the 06 into 07 year. I see. That makes sense, dude. I remember that storm. Oh, dude, yeah. Like, that was the only time, I think, in school where we've ever had to use our additional days attached at the end of a school year was because of that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. How long were you without power after that storm? Uh, oh, gosh, we were out without power for, like, three days, but we had a generator. So, like, we had to, like, rely on our generator for three days. Our, ours was three days as well, or at least I woke up. And then mm-hmm. it went out during the day. It was bullshit because I started playing Xbox and ate pancakes and then the power. Went. Um, so it was out for three days for us. And eventually we went to my aunt's in uh, Blush America. They had power. Yeah. Yep. So we like stayed there. I remember watching Mythbusters. So um, what was I saying? Uh, the storm. The storm didn't amount to what people said it was going to be. And B, like, this is a little hot takey, 
But if you have a dumpster fire of a city and then like put snow on the ground everywhere and just like have it like layered really well, like a city looks really beautiful with snow on the ground. I know it's a little hot takey, but like it looks pretty, it looks better with snow. Bro, everything looks better with snow. Even the garbage looks better with snow. It covers all your shit up. Like, yeah, I, you know right. what? We should just have snow on the ground year-round. Fake snow. Like, no. it looks way better. Maybe not in the streets. <laughs> well, no, but we pay people to push those off. Uh, good boy. Then they just push into your driveway, and then you still have to shovel it. That is true. The people that did do the snow, like, there was a lot. And, like, my path to – and so, like, it took – like it takes about 20 minutes for me to shovel my driveway. It took 20 minutes alone to just get the entrance of my driveway. Cause it just piled up all right there. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I know I'm right, but yeah, the, the snowstorm, we got three days off of school, but it was weird. Cause it was like a Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. And we didn't deserve. It. Ooh, do you remember the paper shortage of 13? I, uh, you know what? Here's the thing. So like, Again, this for anyone listening off the back of our Scott Hansen interview. Um, this is not normally what we do around here. <laughs> we go on some tangents before we bring you the news. Um, this is what you signed up for by listening to us. Uh, not ne- This is more the norm. Last week is not. But I am one of the big perpetuators. I have to get this off my chest. So there was a paper shortage of that would have been twenty that would have been twenty fifteen by the way. Oh, was it okay? So paper shortage of fifteen. The fourteen fifteen school fifteen year, school year. Yep. And there was like a paper shortage, like all this stuff. But I remember I perpetuated that rumor because I took a picture of like a single sheet of paper, like on or like a single stack of papers, like on this big thing. And that was like when the Straight Out Compton movie was coming out, or the NWA movie was coming out. <laughs> Everyone was making memes with the Straight Out of whatever. I, I oh, dude, that was yes. Pretty sure I made one about our bas- girls basketball team because all the players quit. So I've made like a Straight Out Players one. Uh, <laughs> oh. I, I made Nick Fox isn't listening to this and neither is Elise Hartzer, but like they were dating and broke up by this point and Fox was like running around for freshman, or not freshman. He was a junior, so it was whatever. But you know, they broke up, so I put made one that was like straight out of freshman. Um but I remember I took a picture of the cabinet with like one stack of paper on it. And put straight out of paper. It got like a lot of retweets and a lot of likes from like people who had made the rumor that we were running out of paper because it was towards the end of the year. There was like so much more paper. <laughs> like I asked about it, they were like, "Oh yeah, we got like more paper, just like not there." And it was also like colored paper too. I don't think people yeah. noticed, but it was like pink paper. So it wasn't mm-hmm. even like real printer paper. It was like cardboard paper. Yeah, loved it. I helped. Yeah. I helped perpetuate that rumor. So wait, it wasn't real. Well, I, I do remember like the colored it, paper, like it was like yellow it, and sometimes pink. It was real in the sense that like we couldn't. Here's the thing, Beans. When someone says you have a shortage, it doesn't mean that there's not enough for everybody. It's like when there's a gas shortage. If you're like, so here's the thing, right? If Everyone needs 10 gallons of gas or whatever 
to go two weeks driving and there's a and there's and there's 20 units of gas so let's say there's two people normally both people fill up with 10 gallons of gas right well if our supply drops to 15 there's a shortage but there's still plenty of gas for both cars to get like seven and a half gallons oh yeah but it becomes a problem when one gets 10 and then one gets five and it becomes an even bigger problem when the one who normally gets 10 decides that he's going to be a fucking idiot because there's a shortage he needs more gas so he takes all 15 and now suddenly there's zero for the other guy when in reality if they both just took seven and a half they'd both be fine so yes there was a paper shortage but it was a paper surplus it was basically like we didn't have a like any wiggle room on the paper like you couldn't like just fucking give like a class of paper like scratch paper for anything like they needed to provide their own like we just couldn't be wasting copy paper i just remember where like all of us became like administrator minded people and was like why can't you just go buy more paper why what is the budget gone like what's let's talk this through like where's our where's all of our money funding like it, we were just instantly became administrators of the usd 320 school district or whatever I'm not a budget guy. I don't know what the school's budget looks like, but I'm sure there's plenty of dumb shit that it went to. And not enough of it went to the teachers, probably. <laughs> oh, there might be a couple that they were getting too much. I mean, that's just a... If you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. Well, being now that we've scared off all of our casual audience that we built up over the last week... Um, it's time for us to get into the real news, and we have had two big shockers today. Um, I guess one for me wasn't a big shocker. The one that wasn't a huge shocker to me is that Pete Carroll is officially moving in to a front office advisory role for the Seattle Seahawks. That is something I had been hearing on Fox Sports Radio for about the last month. And the other big news, the one that is shocking to me, is that Nick Saban is has told his team and has officially retired from being the head coach of Alabama. And per Brett McMurphy, the lead candidate is Oregon's Dan Lanning. Oh, that's shocking. What, which part Dan Lanning? Yeah, no, like I, I'm a little shocked that Dan Lanning is like the front runner, but then again, maybe not really. Um, I think he was on Bama's staff, but I, everybody's I, been on Bama's staff. Good point. I've been thinking about the realistic coaches and, you know, we've talked, we've texted our, uh, you know, inside source on Alabama football, AKA the only Alabama football fan we know, Cody Jackson, shout out, shout out to Cody Jackson, Morgan and the two kiddos. Um, but any whore, um, he said that his prediction when asked new coach who this question mark was, uh, Steve Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin were his guesses. So mm. I think we I think it remains to be seen what we do with that. Dan Lanning is apparently, you know, the front runner with people with actual credentials. So Beans, um, honestly, uh, I don't care about Pete Carroll in this instance. Um, no, he, he got Pete Carroll got Sean Snyder. Eh. I don't know. I think they're just going to hire Dan Quinn. That would be my guess is they're going to hire Dan Quinn. Yeah. Uh, previous DC over there. Um, I think if I think Pete Carroll is 
you know, he's old. He's very old. Uh, you know who also fits the Seattle culture a little bit, like a little bit of Rabel, but like not really. It's a that could be a, could be a touchy candidate. Take the year off, honestly. And a lot of coaches do that. They you know they do it for a while. especially you know he's forty eight. Rabel's forty eight years old. He looks you know no offense to Rabel. He's a he's a big guy, but he looks rough for forty eight. You know um, I look rough for twenty five. So maybe I should take a year off anyway. So like uh, I wish. But anyway, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, and I guess we'll just mention the other coaches that got fired before we go straight to Nick Saban. Rabel, bait. Rabel is more of a mutual parting of ways. Yeah, that's about a twenty-five percent fire, I would say. Um, Arthur Smith got fired. Uh, Ron Rivera got fired, and then obviously the Raiders have an opening, and who else got? Someone else got fired, didn't they? Somebody else had an intern. Oh, Frank Wright got fired. Yeah, then. Frank Wright. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So, Carolina has an opening. So, the current openings are looking like Seattle, Vegas, Washington, Carolina, Tennessee, and Atlanta. I think it's six. Yep. And we're not done yet. I mean. What happened to Black Monday, man? I know. Well, it's just like the whole week. That's what I love. Why are we firing coaches on like Wednesday? Like, yeah. Pico's a little bit different, but like, why Why is Mike Vrabel getting fired on a Tuesday? Fire him on Monday like a man. Also, Matt Eagles Wednesday. So that's an opening that's not going to fill. We are really I, skirting around this Nick Saban com- topic. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just get into it. So Nick Saban retires. Um, having gone. Now, three seasons without winning a national championship. Last Saturday was the COVID-shortened season. So the last year, non-Mickey Mouse national championship coming in 2018. Haha, look at me. I'm perpetually online. Um, Saban has been recruiting at a high level, but it seems that his skill position players, specifically at running back and wide receiver and honestly just overall star power has really diminished since about that 2018 to 2020 era when you had your Jerry Judy's and your Devonta Smith's and your Waddles and Ruggs and all those guys. So for me, Will Anderson and like Bryce Young were big stars, but Bryce Young wasn't really throwing to anyone of noteworthy in my opinion. And Will Anderson had like Brian Branch and like Kool Aid McKinstry, and that was kind of it. <laughs> so I don't know. It kind of seems to me that Dick Saban has finally let the had let the game pass him by a little bit, but like Dick Saban getting passed by makes him an A coach instead of an A plus coach or A plus plus coach. So like, I don't know. What do you say, Beans? What are your thoughts? Um, I think he's seeing a lot of the competition being dispersed uh, amongst college football. I mean, Alabama is always going to continue to get guys. It'll continue to happen even after Saban being gone. Um, yeah, you're right, maybe. But um, I think he's seeing a lot of this uh, talent dispersal. Uh, you know, we saw the tr- – I wouldn't say true Alabama. They're still good this year, um, and they'll continue to be good. I just think that the game has changed so much to where, like, you know, he 
he's probably going to go, he's riding off into the sunset. He's going to go kind of, I don't know what he's going to do after this. What he, he can't be a TV analyst. Don't you think? He could definitely be a TV analyst. You think so? Oh yeah. I think hmm. he definitely could be. He, so, could def- he could definitely be, uh, I don't know what he'd be on. Probably. I mean, if Dan Mullen ever got a job, he could replace Dan Mullen at ESPN. So, um, you know, like you said, this might be a thing where it takes a year off figures himself out and then does like an inside job somewhere for somebody. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's, uh, you know, it was a great career, obviously. I mean, you know, even, even despite, you know, the Alabama stuff, even like not including it. I mean, he, he did an okay job at the dolphins. I mean, no one's going to say he did a great job at the dolphins. Yeah. Honestly, you know, Pete Carroll didn't do a great job, job at his first NFL stop either. So, but, you know, great job at LSU, did a great job at Michigan State. I mean, he did a lot, a lot of good things for college football, a lot of good players, everything. Um, I think it's one of those, I think it's a really sad day for college football and a very glad day for college football as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think a lot of people are are happy to see him go, especially in the SEC, especially in Auburn, Alabama. And I think a lot of people are just very tired of, like, you know, Alabama winning a ton, too. Alabama is about the only year-in, year-out consistent program over the past 10 years that I can think of. Even Clemson really hasn't kept that consistency. They've kind of, you know, tripped themselves up over the last three years. They weren't really even in the discussion the first year of the college football playoff. Ohio State's probably like the second most consistent team, like them and Clemson. But Alabama's pretty much just always been either in the title game or winning the title game and definitely in the playoffs almost the entire the entire time. So I think a lot of people are excited to see him go from that. I think a lot of people think that the playing field is now leveled, which I don't necessarily agree with. I think, you know, look at what Dan Lanning can do at Oregon. Imagine what he can do at Alabama. Oh, my God. Well, and I just talked about this today with some of our coworkers um, about, you know, college football in its current state. Um, you've got teams like Alabama, Michigan, who are like, you got teams like Michigan where people are wondering if Harbaugh is like going to take a job. And I'm like, well, why would you? You're going to be in a playoff every year. What the 12 team playoff does is it makes the teams like Alabama and Michigan like, yeah, we're here every year. We're here, you know, consistently. Whereas it we're teams like K-State where it's like, you know, we have a chance. Like us making the playoff is a huge moment for us and a huge catapult into us making a successful team. So I think, you know, that's probably something that I had to go through his mind. Like, you know, 12 teams going to make it more difficult to win national championships. Uh, man, also, I'm scared. That man's rushed. Well, and. Portal running scared from a 12 team playoff, running scared from Texas and OU in the SEC. Well, that's think my, of think of the think of the other layer that's added to it. NIL, like that's just another. I'm sure they've got all the money in the world that they could imagine, but it's still just another layer of him having to worry about. So you add on top 12 team playoff NIL, and like how do you incorporate that money? Texas, like you said, Texas and OU coming in. 
those are just added layers, which by the way, Texas is an OU are like rolling in their graves right now because, you know, he's gone. Like, you know, we have slayed the dragon, even though they haven't done shit in the conference yet. So, you know, there's just so many layers to this where I, I'm sure he's like, you know, I'm going to end at my peak. I want to stop here. I genuinely wonder um, how, how prestigious is Alabama to maintain because you got to realize we're kind of at the end of the coaching hiring cycle too. like, yeah, obviously Alabama can really pull a candidate. Right. But like, the thing is, is like how prestigious is Alabama to where they can actually like survive a potential, like, can they prevent, like, are they going to be able to survive a potential max exodus? Like, I, I, like, that's the thing, right? Like, you know, everyone talks about how Lincoln, now, now Lincoln Riley, you know, pulled the wool over the eyes and stole a lot of stuff. Yeah. But, like, oh, you went, like, six and six in the fucking Big 12 after Lincoln Riley left. Like, Alabama is theoretically in a harder conference with a way harder schedule now they'll probably maintain like more of their talent but like are we gonna look at an alabama team that might go eight and four and miss a 14 miss a 12 team playoff that would be a tough way to start if you're any coach yeah and that that, like you said like that does make it difficult but it's still er- it's still early and relatively speaking of spring ball. We've still got, you know, if they do happen to pull Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss got some dudes. They've got guys coming in. Like those guys can go through spring ball with whoever interim coach, see if they like him and then jump the portal in the summer and go join with uh, Kiffin in Alabama. You know, that's a, or even in Oregon, you know, they've got dudes too. So that's just another, like you've got, I, there's I still did. a little bit of time and relatively speaking of spring ball and then them jumping and then come transferring with them. Um, the, the team that it's really, so like the thing is, is the team is really going to fuck is whatever team come, unless it's like Texas, like if Sark leaves, it's like whatever, like Texas will just, Texas will just swing its massive wallet to somewhere. I don't know where it would be. I don't know who it would be. But, like, Oregon, like, what are you doing if you're Oregon? And, like, Dan Lanning is just gone. You know what I mean? Like, what are you actually doing? Actually, this is a big conspiracy theory now. Because you know who was at the desk, like, getting promoted, like, you know, during the national championship game? Dan Lanning. Hmm. It's a surprise. You know, no, you know who's normally in that chair? Nick Saban. That is true. Or some other big SEC coach is what it feels like. Or like Urban Urban Meyer, obviously not because he's a fox. But like, doesn't it feel like that was always like, like the last year, like, you know, who was the football coach that was sitting in? Oh, it just so happened to be, you know, Nick Saban. You know what I mean? Who's the coach? that uh, is connected, Dan Lanning, he's there. Dan Lanning School is about to become a Fox school. So that would be kind of weird for him to go on, unless he was planning on leaving. So this might have been in the works for a while. Yeah, you might be right. Um, 
nothing like for the record or anything, but like what's Deion Sanders mindset on Alabama? You know, does he I like Colorado? I can't imagine that Alabama would want that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really fit their culture, but you know, he, he'll bring butts Deion in the seats. Dion is a hype beast program. Yeah. And Colorado sucks. <laughs> so they have to put up with it. Like, yes, it's a great experiment. I feel like here's, here's one thing I would say, you know, you lose Lane Kiffin. Ole Miss could maybe take a look because Jackson State is in Mississippi. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he's got ties there, man. And honestly, again, Dion's recruiting footprint is more in the Texas area, right? Dion, you know, going to like an old Miss, you still get the Texas area recruits. You still play games in Texas. Like, all and you're. Game. And you're in the biggest market of, you know, the SEC, so. Yeah, and honestly, it's just a better cultural fit, too. Because, again, hip-hop in Boulder, Colorado is not the same. Oxford, Mississippi is also a very white, you know. (laughs) But, like, it's at least in the South, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the fit would be less weird. But I I hope he stays at Colorado so that we you know the Big Twelve can get some sweet sweet television ratings. <laughs> so oh boy, so do we want to talk about any of you know what? Let's just give like you know since, since we got people who've been fired and people who have been you know cast astray let's just give quick predictions who's getting hired where right in the nfl or ncaa but let's go let's go with the nfl because we're just gonna pretend dan landing's going to alabama so i guess we can do oregon let's just let's just do oregon whoever their offensive coordinator is that's yeah that's that's yeah boom Bang. Bang. i don't know lance leipold lol <laughs> actually that would be uh you know, the thing is, it's not Alabama who gets fucked by this. It's the school that they steal their coach from. It's not even the school that they steal their coach from that gets fucked. Because Oregon's such a good program. It's the school that gets their coach stolen by Oregon is the real one that gets fucked. Yeah. Uh, also, like, what's Scott Frost doing this time of year, you know? Uh, probably drinking. <laughs> <laughs> he has not been a name for a minute. <laughs> I believe um, he had a drinking problem in Lincoln, Nebraska. So he was a regular person in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm sure he had a drinking problem in UCF. He could just hide it better. Man, he left Orlando for Lincoln. I understand <laughs> it, but man, that's tough. Anyway, so yeah, let's let's just, you know, quick fire reactions on who is getting hired where. So we'll just go by job postings. So we'll just go by whichever ones came first. So I think technically Josh McDaniels got fired first. So Ooh, that's an easy one. Antonio Pierce, like Jim Harbaugh. Ooh, uh, he doesn't seem like a Vegas guy. I heard that on Fox Sports Radio, so I'm just regurgitating it because, you know, I'm an asshole. Okay. But Jim Harbaugh, my pick. 
Write these right. later. All right, Carolina. Dude, there's not enough money in the world. That, uh, you know, that seems like a Mike Kafka hire. After this season. What's that? Not after this season, I don't think. He, he didn't have a quarterback. All right, so you go with Mike Kafka. I'm going to go with – I saw that Brian Johnson got an interview there today, the Eagles' current offensive coordinator. And honestly, I don't think he'll get that job, but I can't think of anyone else who will get it. They will probably try and get some offensive-minded head yes. coach who is young. Actually, you know who I'm going to take? Um, who is – I'm going to say that they're going to take the Texans' offensive coordinator. I don't know who that is. I don't know who it is either. He is – I forgot his name, but he's the one guy – so, like, every time they put up that picture of all the Washington assistants, and it's like, ah, like, it's Zach Taylor and, like, Sean McVay and, like, Kyle Shanahan and, like, Matt LaFleur. Like, he's the, uh, he's, like, the fifth guy, like, on that. Yeah. He's, like, the only dude who hasn't been a head coach yet. So, they're just going to hire him because reasons, McVay, like, uh, and let's, let's bank be- on the fact that that guy's going to be good. And let's be real, they're not going to hire a current head coach. They're either going to fi- find somebody who has been either currently fired, like an Arthur Smith or something like that, or an OC who could be cheaper, a little bit, you know, a little bit less expensive, young, you know, might be a little hip. So that's that's, that's who I'm going with. All right. Um, Washington. It has to be EB at this point, right? That's who I was going to say it's going to be the enemy. Yeah. So, it's kind of a wash, but yeah, it's going to be the enemy. Um, Atlanta. You know, I said Rabel earlier. I want Rabel, but I, I, I think Rabel's going to take a year off. Yeah, I'm going to say Rabel here, assuming he's not going to take a year off. I just think him in Atlanta with that offense and that current defense, like in their ability to probably get more because they're, they're okay. Cap wise. They're all right. Like I think Brable there would be fun. I, I got, I think this one, I think Atlanta probably keeps. Um, wow. I'm blanking on his name. Arthur Smith. I think Atlanta honestly keeps Arthur Smith. If like, I think Atlanta keeps Arthur Smith if, like, they didn't have a path to someone they thought was definitely better. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Ben Johnson, Lions offensive coordinator. Ooh, ooh, dude, that'll be so fun. He's he's the big hot name in the coaching circles. Um, I think Atlanta kind of realizes what they have on the offensive side. I think Ben Johnson is going to realize that, too. Um, I think that Atlanta is the one team I look at isn't like I could see Seattle for him as well, right? But Atlanta's the team where it's like, all right, we're gonna bring in the offensive head coach, uh, and we're gonna draft the quarterback that he wants. They're a team I could see trading up for Caleb Williams, is kind of what I'm thinking. Like if the Bears decide they want to trade down, yeah, or trade trade out of that pick. Like that's a team where I see, you know, them hiring Ben Johnson, you draft Caleb Williams. And you give him Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Bijan and Tyler Rozier and a pretty good offensive line. And you go put up a lot of fucking numbers. 
Um, that's that's the one that I think I think Seattle's kind of the only other spot that kind of makes sense for that one. Um, Either way, both situations do require a new quarterback. I mean, yeah, uh, Tennessee. They rehired Rabel. Um, I don't know. I don't know what Tennessee should do. Tennessee kind of needs. Tennessee really wants to go in a rebuild. And I'm trying to think of a coach that would be like all in on a rebuild right now. Man. I don't know. Like, would somebody like. Matt Nagy want to do that, or you see, I just don't think Matt Nagy is going to get a job or like an offer for anything like that. Like, I don't think he will. Um, you know, it's crazy. Robert Sala hasn't been fired yet. Uh, they're not firing him. I'm he'll I stay. I wasn't convinced he would, but anyways, I'm like trying to think of who tennis. Tennessee feels like the kind of team. So I feel like with Carolina and Tennessee, one of those two teams is going to get the Texas offense coordinator. I kind of just feel that pretty strongly. I don't like, I always want to mock like Lou Amarillo a job, you know, the Bengals defensive coordinator, because he does a great job. Yeah. But at the same time, like he's older I'm trying to think of, like, a younger guy here uh, that has Tennessee ties, maybe, even. I can't even think... I can't even think of anyone who they would even be... Tr- I- I'll give them Antonio Pierce. How about that? Antonio Pierce can be the coach of the Titans. Uh, yeah, that'd probably be all right. I mean, he's a very, you know, rough and tough guy. Rabel was kind of that way, so kind of kind of matches. Because I'm giving, I'm giving a Harbaugh... Uh, the Raiders job because the Raiders love to just spend a lot of money. It, it's either going to be Antonio Pierce or Jim Harbaugh, I feel like. For that. Yeah. So who do you got for the Titans? Like who 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 are they hiring? I like your idea, Antonio Pierce. That's probably about as good as Antonio Pierce. You already gave him the Vegas job. Ah oh, man, that's so tough. Him. You know, I haven't said Ben Johnson. I haven't said Ben Johnson yet. Why not? Ben Johnson. You got to say Ben Johnson. All right. Um, Seattle on three. I'm sure we're thinking of the exact same person. Uh, now, who'd you say earlier? On three. One, two, three. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, yeah. Yeah, Dan Quinn. I would have said Dan, Dan Quinn for almost any of the other jobs, except for Atlanta, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I feel like Seattle has a plan. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Well, Beans, now that we're thoroughly done talking about coaching carousel and your day, uh, we probably need to talk about the national championship game. We didn't actually talk about any of the semifinals either, but that news is officially uh, 10 days old at this point by the time that you're listening to this. So Michigan beat Alabama, LOL, Jalen Milrow dove into a freaking pile. That was Nick Saban's last play as the out as a head coach ever, which is hysterical. That is really funny. It really kind of seems that like 
the legends always kind of get like that magical moment at the end except for the goats the goats end up getting like a really embarrassing moment at the end yeah they like, do they, Tom Brady they... to pick his last pass as a patriot yeah like Nick Saban had to watch Jalen Milrow like fucking swan top bomb into the offensive line like there's no real like Bill Belichick is just floundering in New England early by the way um, if Bill Belichick does end up leaving, um, I'm not projecting that he did in any of this. Oh, wait, we forgot the Chargers head coaching job. Holy hell. Uh, you oh, know what? Fuck. Bill Belichick goes there, and then uh, Arthur Smith and Rabel go to New England. Bang. We'll just say the same thing. How about that? Yeah. Bang. How about that? How about yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. God, imagine how irrelevant you have to be for me to forget that you fired your coach up. I'll continue to forget about those guys. Yeah, I don't care. They probably that that's probably where Ben Johnson will end up. We forgot about him. Yeah, Brandon, you're right. Good old Brand Staley. Oh God. Brand Staley is Dan Campbell, but like if he was a nerd. <laughs> that's why he doesn't See, that's why Dan Campbell can get away with going for it on, like, for a two-point conversion to win the game. Yeah, it's because he's the lovable guy. Like, Staley looks like a loser, especially, like, you can't go from, like... The moment he grew that beard, bro, the moment he grew that beard, it was like, ah, dude, no, you're trying trying way too hard. You can't go from babyface to beard back to babyface in one season. Like, you gotta rock one or the other for that entire season. Like, no. He looks. Too many cooks. Anyways, um, yeah, Michigan beat the shit out of Washington, and Michael Penix looked like the third or fourth round draft pick I called him during the game. He obviously looked like he broke his rib and obviously also like injured his ankle while getting rolled up by his own offensive lineman. But Michigan kind of just dominated on the ground. They rushed for over 300 yards. Both Donovan Edwards and... Uh, Blake Quorum rushed for 100 yards. J.J. McCarthy, yet again, did not have to do anything. Nope. Or never. And Washington's offense was stymied as their Joe Moore winning offensive line got destroyed by Michigan's defensive line. Lots of controversy with holding calls. I don't really think it mattered that much. Washington kind of just looked a little outmatched, which was surprising because, honestly, I thought Texas had good offensive line and defensive line play as well. I guess Michigan was just that much better. Beans, are you surprised at the outcome? What was your takeaway? Um, no, I honestly thought it'd be a little bit more of a competitive game, to be quite honest with you. But like when watching this game, Michigan just that defense is flying. Like they, anytime you saw them make a tackle, there was at least five or six other bodies around there uh, yeah. that they. That one play where it was a one-arm tackle around the waist of Jalen yeah. massive game-changer, game-changing tackle. Yeah, and, you know, those guys were just really good at tackling. They were really good at playing as a unit. Um, they had that really good – that defensive tackle, which, by the way, this is like three years in a row where they – you know, they had Aiden Hutchinson, they had Mozzie Smith last year, and then this year – I can't remember his name at the current point. I haven't done any draft and anal- analysis yet, so sorry if I forget your name. But like that – yeah, that nose tackle, like for Michigan, just looked good. He's eating up the middle. He's, you know, hitting the quarterback damn near every play. So – this is just something that's just I'm just going to expect now. You know, you expect it to be like Dallas. You know, they're always going to have a good defense. Michigan's always going to have a good defense. Like I'm just bound to just think that every season now. That defense looked 
fun, looked good. And it, it, it people are going to say, say what you want. JJ McCarthy went 10 of 18 for like 140 yards. I, I feel like he didn't have to do more. You know, he, you don't, yeah, you don't have to do more with that defense. Say what? He had to run for that one first down in the fourth quarter to keep that drive going to put Washington in bad field position. Yeah, and so this extent of really what he had to do. Yeah, uh, so Michigan, I think, looked really good. Uh, towards your comment, like of Washington and Michael Penix uh, looking like a third or fourth rounder, I think he. I think people will forget that game by the time Indianapolis and the combine rolls around. I think he'll look good at the combine, and people will forget about it. Like honestly, like what's his what? Okay, so let's but let's like, think this through. Go ahead. I'm just going to say, but Beans, like, that's not the reason I had him as a third or fourth rounder. If I mean, if if he looked like, I mean, the reason I have him as a third or fourth rounder is because he's up two knee, two knee surgeries. Yeah, he's, he's a 20, he's a, he's a 24 year old injury prone guy. Washington's offense, Washington's offense reminds me a lot of Tennessee's offense in the sense that a lot of it is like screens. A lot of it is like clear outs. Like that is, that is like, an offense I grew up watching in the Big 12. Like, it's really creative how he gets, like, receivers open. But Phoenix is, like, basically just Hendon Hooker. Like, from... That's exactly my comp form. My exact comp form was Hendon Hooker. Um, Hendon Hooker without, like, the mobility. Because he tore his fucking ACL twice. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, So, like, I... I don't think like I don't understand why like anyone would draft him in the first round. It just it boggles my mind. Like I watch him and like he he's slinging it against Texas. I watch him against Texas. He looks great, but I'm like he's got good arm strength, borderline great, but it's not like elite. He doesn't have like a gun, and like he's fairly accurate. Like he throws a really pretty deep ball. But, like, he throws really pretty deep ball, and it looks really pretty because he's throwing to, like, a first-round wide receiver. And, like, Jalen Polk and McMillan are both guys who are going to get drafted, too. Like, he's throwing to three draft picks. He's thrown to three NFL-caliber wide receivers. You are correct. However, you are remembering that— The best offensive line in the country, according to the writers. Like, that's my thing, is, like, how—it keeps reminding me— and people are going to say this is his comp, and it's not. I think he's got a little bit better of an arm, at least coming out of college. But again, I kind of hope he does get 24. It just keeps reminding me of Tua, where it's like, oh, like Tua's really good. And it's like Tua is throwing to like two first round draft picks and an eventual Heisman Trophy winner, and like um, whoever the hell else. Three. It was three first round draft picks and an eventual yeah. Heisman first round draft pick. Like, I'm like, for me, it's just like, my God, like, he's got one of the best offensive lines in the sport. He's got, like, a great halfback, too, or whatever. Like, like Tua didn't have to do anything. Like, that was always and, my thing, was like, and again, people will say it's a comp because he's left-handed, they're both left-handed. But like, to me, it's just like, Washington's offense is really stacked, and the quarterback is, is like, good, but not great. Like, but now he's the quarterback's twenty four instead of like twenty one, like Tua was. Yeah, um, and that's and that's something to uh, another thing to consider because you let's say you do draft him in the first round, four years he's twenty eight, fifth year option he's twenty nine. Like he's probably got like maybe in one more like longer term like six year deal in him. Who knows? Who knows if he ever gets to that point? I don't know. But 
my thing yeah. is my thing is that, that these scouters are the same like short memoried people that are going to be watching him in the underwear Olympics and he's going to be throwing up 10 dots to wide receivers on go on because he's let's be real like he's th- good at throwing the nine nine ball he's good at throwing the nine ball so they're going to see yeah. that just like they did with Zach Wilson and they're going to be like oh that's a first round quarterback but like again I just don't get it like Zach Wilson had a better arm than Phoenix you know what I mean yeah, and they're going to see – I'm not comparing him to Zach Wilson. No, by I, any I you're not. I'm just saying, like, again, we're talking more about Phoenix in the game. I just don't understand it. And that means he's going to be great. Like, I like Phoenix. Like, I – that's a great, you know, clip right there. <laughs> I, like, I like Phoenix. Yeah, I like but, Phoenix. Oh, he had a rib injury. Think about how hard it is to throw with a rib but injury. Beans, I don't – Beans, this has nothing to do with, like, that game. Like, I know I said it. I did it to be cute and funny, so that way I could say I thought he... Like, I said he was a third and fourth rounder before the national championship game. I said it after the Texas game. Like, I yeah. said it... I that's That was my take. And I, to, I don't get, like, why we're giving the same pass out all the time. I really like Michael Penix. Like... I liked him in Indiana. He's throwing the freaking Ty Freifold going walk failure going head to head against Ohio State as like a sophomore, like a redshirt sophomore. Like I like he was good. Like I really like him. But like we're two ACL injuries later, and like he was good last year too. But like I, again, he's got to be twenty four. It's yeah. like picket, but like. It's like Kenny Pickett and Hendon Hooker and like all these other quarterbacks that are just older. Like I don't like with Bo Nix, I at least like understand like Bo Nix is really fast. And he can run. That that's the thing. Like Bo Nix is like one of those guys where it's like, ah, well, you know, like he, he's got like physical like attributes. Like Bo Nix has got like a decent like Bo Nix has got a decent arm too. But it's like I, I don't know. I don't. I don't see with either one of them. By the way, just to like completely put that out there, I can see how you could. Talk oh yeah, no. Like game. we're we're talking about this right now. Like draft time. Like once we actually like get watch video, of these guys like deep dive into it during draft time. Like I'm sure our opinions will change a, a lot. But I just, just don't know why you would spend a draft pick on either one of those guys, unless you're like you're trying to have them be your backup. And then you're not going to spend a first rounder on a backup. No, you you wouldn't. I mean, not. Not long term, at least. I who even like who's who's the guy after Drake May and like Caleb Williams? Like who's the guy after that? I don't really think there is a guy. Like I think we, like we are like overrating the hell out of this draft class, in my opinion. From a quarterback, well, you always have to have three. Like you know that uh, you know you had Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, and you you know like there always has to be like three every single year of quarterbacks to make the comparison to. Uh, that's just how it is. Sure, but again, to me, it's just like Caleb Williams and Drake May are really good, and like they feel like they should both be pretty good. And again, th- this is going to end up with Michael Penix being like a top ten quarterback because I'm horrible at QB evaluations. Like I'm so bad at it, but like I, I don't see it. I don't get it. I like him as I like him as a player. I don't love him as a quarterback. What if he goes to the Patriots? Why would you wish that on anyone? 
that you know they need a pass caliber quarterback. There's a ton of play action in that offense. He's not going to have to worry about running the ball very often. I mean, still, I, I I think I still think the problem is is like Phoenix feels like that guy that like it, it's it's the quarter it's the Mac Jones of quarterbacks. It's like oh this guy's like really safe. He's got a really high ceiling, and then like they're average to below average yeah at the nfl level and everyone gets mad because they spent a first round draft pick on them and then like they're a high ceiling or they're a high seat or high floor low ceiling player so they don't ever get like much better like how much more better is michael Penix going to get from 24 to like 28 you know what i mean he might maybe like he is supposed to thrive in like in a like a really good offense, but I mean, he's been, you also have to consider too, Kalen DeBoer, who was like his offensive coordinator in Indiana. He's basically been running this offense for six years. I would hope he'd be really good in it. Yeah, I agree. Anyways, back to the game. Um, <laughs> game actually was uh, a lot closer than you would think. Michigan like never really lost control of the game. Washington just never, like, made a comeback, and it was, like, really hard to watch, honestly. Yeah. So, well, I think uh, I pretty much just took over our entire uh, talking about the national championship game. Um, I don't like Michigan anyways, so I don't really care. I'm here to, you know, dissect the uh, left-handed quarterback. Um, The left-handed quarterback that's 24 years old that I don't, that I don't, uh, that I like, but don't, you know get the hype around so we we might as well just move to the nfl you know so that way i can be done hearing myself talk about college football (laughs) so we're we're in super wild card weekend beans on the afc side you have bills versus steelers chiefs versus dolphins you can get into that game for under a hundred dollars by the way you have to brave like negative like ten wind chill, negative ten to twenty wind chill. I, but you can get into that game for under a hundred dollars, including fees on CE. Uh, you and know, I've you don't have to go to work the next day. I have talked to multiple friends and you know read a lot of like people on you know Twitter and Reddit and all that. They say that going to a Chiefs game in negative five degree weather is way better than going to a Chiefs game in ninety five degree weather. Oh God! I would imagine ninety-five degree weather for football games are horrible. They they say colder games are the best because like the wind Arrowhead is really good, like a really great stadium at blocking the wind. You're huddled next to like seventy, no, probably what sixty-five thousand other people. So <clears throat> they say they say you know negative five don't you don't even notice, not a chance that cold stopping them. Did that's what I that's what I was thinking. I I would consider going, but I left my car in Lamigo, so I'm not. Oh, nice. Yeah, left it there after the Iowa State game. <laughs> um, and then the matchup to end all matchups. Um, Houston has Houston versus uh, Cleveland. Houston winning that, their division really robbed us of the opportunity of the worst matchup of all time between uh the Colts and the Browns. That would have been really funny from like a sicko perspective. Yeah. On the NFC side, you have the two seed Dallas Cowboys taking on the Green Bay Packers. The 
Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. I don't know why I couldn't pull them as the three seed. I think I can imagine why I couldn't because, you know, it never happens. But you have the Lions taking on the Rams. Matt Stafford returns to Detroit. And you have the Buccaneers hosting the Eagles, who are scuffling, to say the least. This will be, you know, this could actually be the bookend for the Eagles in terms of their playoff success um, if things continue to collapse as they do. They played the Bucks and Tom Brady the first year of Nick Sirianni. And so that would be a nice little bookend to uh, them missing the playoffs next year and firing Nick Sirianni and hiring, I don't know who else, probably the, uh, probably uh, another former offensive coordinator from either the Chiefs or uh, Chiefs or Eagles. It's kind of <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Or I guess it would be, uh, they, they hired Nick Sirianni, who's Frank Reich's offensive coordinator. So they would need, so I guess it would be, they would steal Shane Steichen's offensive coordinator, I guess what it would be. <laughs> and then Shane Steichen will get fired and end up as the coach of some mediocre franchise later in life. Ugh, low power. Oh, man. Looks like do a change. Oh, man. How woefully unprepared we were for the show, being. <laughs> It really shows when we, you know, have something so beautiful as our interview last week. And then this week I walk in, you know, white shirt looking like I just woke up from a <laughs> babbling on about how he doesn't like Michael Penix as a pro prospect, barely touching NFL games, an impromptu where's this coach going with no like anything for anything. He didn't even think about it. What a terrible host I am. You're doing a great job, Sam. I'm doing a terrible job. Anyways, we're going to pick these games, and then we're going to give a Super Bowl prediction because we have to for content. I asked Rachel to give us a Super Bowl uh, pick, and she didn't. So she she voided it. She said, hell nah. But she will be coming onto the show later in like the next month, so that will be exciting. Let's go. So she said she would, quote, love to, unquote. Anyways, so Beans, how are you picking Bills versus Steelers? Um, you know, I had a coworker come up to me and like tried to explain to me how Pittsburgh is the better team, and I kind of stopped listening after they said Pittsburgh is better, and I just stopped listening. I fell out. Buffalo's going to win that one. I just think, you know, in a game where you in a game where you get two sides, it's like Jack on Hyde, like. You know, one series, you'll get this from Josh Allen. It could be a tale of two halves. You know, Josh Allen throws two picks, and then the next half he throws four touchdowns. You never know what you're going to get with Josh Allen. It's a roll of the dice. However, I just don't think Pittsburgh has the has a good enough offense. So, so I do not have the balls to take the Steelers, but I really I don't do. either. I really do think they're going to win the game because I wow the weather. I have seen what the weather looks like. It is supposed to snow. It is supposed to be windy as fuck. It is supposed to be cold as hell. You know who that favors? A team with a really good defense and a running back like Najee Ayers. Now, you could also say that favors a team with a quarterback like Josh Allen. Now, what I will say 
is the last time the conditions were semi like that were when the Bills lost to the Bengals at home in the divisional last year. I am not going to take the Steelers because I am not about to take Mason Rudolph over Josh Allen. Um, I, that is career suicide, honestly. And I will not be doing it. But, but I think Pittsburgh will win the game. I will not pick them, though. I'm playing both sides, and I will officially rock up in to that. Okay. Uh, I got I got Buffalo on that one. All right. Chiefs, Dolphins. Oh, man. I don't know. Dolphins have just this such great offense that just is, you know, runs really well. You know, McDaniel is said, no, screw that. I'm not going to. I felt gross saying that. I think the Chiefs have this one. They had them earlier in the year. Uh, I, I know people are going to say, like, we don't have have you know wide receivers yada 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 they're gonna say this say that however i'm gonna write off the coattails of what spagnola just did um watching this last game against the chargers it looked like the camaraderie was really high everybody was having fun chris jones hit his contract that you know uh which we didn't even talk about i have such a big rant for that anyways um but you know we have reached a high point and i think that we're just going to continue riding this wave and I think we're going to hit our hit our stride right now. I think we're just going to keep going. So I, I've got Kansas City, baby. So this game, I think, again. Oh, it's going to be colder than shit. Huh? It's going to be colder than shit. Well, what I'm saying is, is I think this game, the weather favors Miami, which is weird to say. Because they have better running. Yeah. Miami, here's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, well, like, they're a warm weather team and they can't come and, you know, that 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 whole thing is, is bullshit, by the way. I can see it with, like, a dome, like, mm-hmm. it makes a little bit more sense than a dome. But, like, almost all of these players are from, like, the South. Most of these guys don't like cold weather anyways. And like you don't play you don't play games in like this cold of weather either. This is going to affect both teams because it's gonna be like negative ten to negative twenty degree wind chill. Like this isn't like this isn't like a cold that you can get used to and the other team kind of starts a little slow. It's literally just like cold as fuck for everyone. And cold cold temperature games are not the same now as they were 20 to 40 years ago. We have heaters on the sidelines. They have these big jackets, you know, under the shirt technology. Like, say, you know, say it how you want. Like, cold weather games are so much different now than they were 20 to 40 years ago. So that, that's completely different. My thing is with this is I think the weather favors Miami's offense more than Kansas City's offense. Not to say that Kansas City even has an offense at this point. I think the thing that will cause this to... The, the thing I've seen over Miami over the last two years is Miami has continued to collapse at the end of seasons. We have seen we saw it last year, and we're seeing it this year. And they're trending in a negative direction again. And Miami's defense is spent. Yes, no chub, you know. They have they, they just signed Justin Houston 
two days ago to play defense. He's going to start this weekend on defense. Like he's just straight off the streets. Oh man. Revenge game though. We got two revenge players. I know. Big, big time revenge games. Yeah. I would take Kansas City merely because I think the Dolphins defense is just very, just too beat up. Um, I do think, however, though, you should not be shocked if. Do not be shocked if this turns into the Christmas Day game against Vegas. I think that's one thing that you need to. That's the blueprint. Now, is Kansas City going to turn the ball over and basically give, you know, Miami 14 free points? Maybe. If if can my opinion is if Kansas City doesn't turn the ball over, they will win the game. Yeah. I can't say that for sure. I think Kansas City can easily win this game like 17 to 10 or like 20 to 17. Truly really just to survive an advanced game for them. But Miami will be dangerous with their rushing attack. Alright. Beans. Houston and Cleveland. The most irrelevant playoff game of the of this of this, yeah. Yeah. Who you got? Smash this in. I think Houston's gonna win this one. I you know. Houston just looked really freaking good against Indianapolis. Watching that game, uh, CJ Stroud looks really good. He's a smooth killer, dude. I, I like him. He's a good quarterback. Um, everybody's starting to get healthy at the right time. I, I, I just think that they're, I, I think they outnumber Cleveland. The only thing that's going to question is like Cleveland's defense is really freaking good. Um, I, I don't know. I just think, I, I just think Houston's got this like blue collar mentality right now going for them so I, I like that go for houston i will take cleveland because i do not trust cj stroud in a playoff game um i don't even i can't say i paid attention to the whole game against the colts but honestly i didn't i came away impressed in some aspects and unimpressed in others I again, I haven't watched enough CJ Stroud. To me, this feels like a very classic bad division overachieving Texas team. They're playing the last place schedule from the year prior, so we're out here, you know, playing whomstever. You know what I mean? So yeah. Houston is, in my opinion, overachieved. Um and this this very much reminds me of that Jags team last year, whether it were not. Um, they, it, the Jags should have won that game last year. The Chargers should have. The Chargers just did, you know, what the Chargers do all the time. So for my money, like I, I just don't see why Houston will win this game. Um, Joe Flacco has more experience. CJ Stroud has no experience. Uh, Cleveland has a great offensive line. Houston has an okay offensive line outside of Larry Tunsil. Houston has a solid defense. The Browns have an elite defense. Like, there's no reason why this should work in Houston's favor. So, obviously, they'll probably win, but I'm going to take the Browns. Yeah. All right. Dallas. Green Bay. 
this one's pretty fun, I feel like, but I, I don't know. Dallas, I can't speak much for both of them, um, but for just going off vibes alone, I'm just going to go with Dallas. Dallas at home is a lot better. Um, yeah. Green Bay is like the one team that's the seven seed that's been in the playoffs the last, like I guess it's three years now. That I really feel like I wouldn't shock me if they won. And I think that's because I overrate Green Bay in my head and underrate Dallas in my head. Um again, this is a this is a quarterback in Dak who has a lot of experience in the playoffs versus Jordan Love who has no experience. The whole team has zero experience. They're all the twenty four years old. I, I again could they pull off an upset? It wouldn't shock me. I think they're good. Jordan Love is a nice player. I I just don't think that this is the time. You know, come back to me in come back to me in a year when, you know, they're like the five seed or even, you know, the like two or three seed because they overtake Detroit or something. And like now I can see the vision. This is very much like, you know, Jalen Hurts loses his playoff debut as the seven seed. Tom Brady and the Bucks, and then a year later, they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Or whatever. At least I think that's how it went. Yes, it is how, that that is the right confluence of events. So, I will take Dallas, especially because they're at home. All right, Detroit, Rams. Man, I don't know. You got Stafford coming back home? Oh my god. Um... I don't know. Dan Campbell's been kind of in his feelings here lately, and it's kind of really messed him up. He's made a lot of decisions based upon like slapping his nuts on the table. Um, and Sean McVay, I feel like, has been here before. He's done this a time or two. Stafford looks good. Um, I, I might go with LA here. They're kind of peaking right now. They're hitting the right. They're hitting the stride at the right time. Yeah, LA is really kind of peaking. Um, so, for game trends, this is really kind of a game that, like, the Lions win historically, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, you, you make the big trade to reset your franchise, and the other team, like, goes and has success, and then eventually they have to go face the team that they were on and the team that they were on, like eventually wins the trade or eventually comes out the victor in the long term because you know what I mean? Big revenge game for Jared Goff too. But this is Detroit and Detroit does very silly things. Yes. Um, I think this is a big, this is a Big, um, lights moment is what I'm going to call it. I think this is one of those ones where it's like the lights were brighter than I expected. I think Detroit is going to be insane, like incensed with this playoff game. But I think the city is satisfied with the season, even if they lose in the first round. I think they see it as like a. I think Detroit fans see this as a natural progression of steps to where we're probably at the peak of Jared Goff. And realistically, the peak of Jared Goff is probably like either losing this week or winning and losing the week after, if that makes sense. 
So I really feel like this is the confluence of events where it's like, how do we cap off the rebuild? Yeah. Or never. How do we go and get like the rookie quarterback to sit by and golf for one more year and then take over? Or how do we trade like golf? Like how do how do we like trade for the savior? Like, I don't know who that is. There's really not, like, a Matt Stafford, ironically enough, right? There's not that yeah. much guy. But this, it feels like Detroit should win, but the Rams win because Detroit is a bizarro world. Who so, do you think this is more of a revenge game for? Uh, do you think this is more of a revenge game for Jared Goff or for uh, Matthew really Stafford? I don't think there's any ill will for Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is, like... Detroit, at that point, isn't dumping Matt Stafford. They're trading him away to a better opportunity. Like, the the best way I can describe it is in the Gridiron Heights episode for that trade, Matt Stafford gets off a plane or whatever in L.A., and Detroit is de- depicted as literally like a desert or like a winter desert wasteland yeah like literally antarctica or like siberia yeah literally literally, like at that point detroit was basically jared goff is being sent to siberia (laughs) like so this is a massive revenge game for jared goff and like i really think he wants to win this but i think he's gonna be the martyr he's gonna be the guy that loses he's not gonna lose the game but what's gonna happen is is it's gonna be Wow, we have this really nice team, and Jared Goff is really like above average. What it it'd be crazy if we had like a really good quarterback, of which I don't know who that is, by the way. I'm not really sure. The name that pops in my head. This is like a crazy like idea. This would never happen. But the idea that like really like into my head is Trevor Lawrence because I don't think Trevor Lawrence is that good and I think the Jaguars are in this moral quandary where it's like we've gone 9-8 and the past two years we actually didn't get any better from year 2 to year 3 and you could argue Trevor Lawrence might have digressed based on his expectations do we want to pay him or like a Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray would also kind of make sense yeah, you said Trevor Lawrence, and that makes like that's that's the, been it like the most talked. It, it, that's been the most talked about guy, like for you know at least who I've been listening to. Like they that they say like Trevor Lawrence is like a hot seat kind of guy. Yeah, no, I don't know why he wouldn't be. Yeah, He's Kirk Cousins with good PR. Like yeah. I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll go out and throw for like forty touchdowns and five picks and like four thousand five hundred yards next year because I said that. But, like, that's my thing is, like, if you're the Jags and, like, Detroit offers you, like, Jared Goff and two first-round picks for Trevor Lawrence because they think he has higher upside, like, would you take it? Yeah. Yeah. Are you rolling the dice? Like, what are you doing if you're Jacksonville? I just think Dan... I just think Dan Campbell – I mean, I do think Jacksonville would be in the market for that because Doug Peterson probably wants his guy. He wants to go find a quarterback that 
is his. Um, however, I don't believe that personally. Again, th- this is this is a different conversation for whether or not you know you pay Trevor Lawrence, and you know is Trevor Lawrence good enough to get paid is a question. That's one of the questions of all time. That's why Kyler Murray makes a little bit more sense. You know, the Cardinals draft someone, one yeah. one someone else or whatever. They trade Kyler Murray for like Jared Goff and like a first or two or whatever. And then, you know, Kyler Murray has higher upside than Goff or whatever. That would be such a weird marriage between Dan Campbell and Kyler Murray. That would be. The thing is, though, is like Dan Campbell, and again, part of this is probably Ben Johnson as well, or whoever was doing the play calling when they first got there. They kind of fixed Jared Goff. They did. Uh, when you say Kyler Murray, like, and and Dan Campbell together, I imagine Dan Campbell looking like the big tough dad, and then like Kyler Murray walking beside him is like, I'm his kid. Like, you know, it's just like one of those. <laughs> dad beat up your dad. <laughs> My dad can beat up your dad. <laughs> Uh, we got to go to the last one, which is like Bucks versus Eagles, which are probably the two teams that are starting to play the absolute worst football as we enter in. The Bucks limp into the playoffs after beating Carolina nine to nothing. That was a beautiful game. Well, it wasn't a beautiful game the week prior either because Baker threw like a ton of picks, didn't he? Yeah. So suddenly Baker is turning back into a pumpkin and. The Bucks are not quite as scary as they were even a month ago. And the Eagles are also getting blown out by the Giants and losing to the Cardinals. Both these teams are playing about as bad a football as physically possible right now. Who do you got? Also, matchup of Oklahoma quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. Fun. Um, God, I, I think Philly's just got too much in the bag here. I think they've got this. There's really they no other earlier the season too. What's that? They played each other earlier in the season, didn't they? Yeah. They almost, like, went to Tampa and like pantsed Tampa Bay. Yeah. Even with like hurts being hurt, like I still feel like, I just feel like there's more to Philly than losing in this game. I don't know. I don't think you're going to stop Jalen hurts from playing. Um, he's a competitor. Uh, I'm sure Baker's a competitor too, but I just, I, I don't know. I just vibes alone, Philly. Again, like I want to take Tampa so bad. Cause Philly, here's the thing. Philly just feels like a mess. And whenever you get to this level of feeling like a mess, that's when you win the playoff game. Right. Like it, yeah. it, it feels like everything is just a massive mess in Philadelphia. And what's going to happen is they're going to win the playoff game and then go play well again. And then they're going to play the Cowboys. And here's what's going to happen. I can already map it out for you. Like, this is what will will happen. So the Rams are going to win, and then the Rams are going to lose to the Niners. And then the Eagles are going to win, and they'll get to play Dallas, and they'll go beat Dallas. And then they'll get, like, pantsed by the Niners. But, like, they beat Dallas, and that's all that matters. And so, like, all this is going to go away. They will have, like, a mini playoff run where they beat a really bad division champion in Tampa Bay, and they go beat their rival, and like that's it, we're good. Like, yeah, it's been accomplished. You have like a thought bubble. That's weird. I, I think it's because it reads my thumbs up. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, that's cool. Technology we discover. Thank you, Skype. 
Can I like thumbs down? Does that like do something? Ah, it does. Why does yours do it? Mine doesn't. That's uh, I'm on my phone, brother. That's oh, I'm on my iPad. It's practically a phone. Maybe I'm too can close. I, can, I, can I make like a heart? And then it. That's not a heart beans. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not very hand-eye coordinated. Oh my God! It's doing yeah. hearts. What the dude? This is great content for audio listeners, but this dude, is yeah. So let's, let's describe to our audio listeners what happened. I put a thumbs up to symbolize that, you know, it'll be a good season for the Eagles because they won a lot of games and, like, beat the Cowboys. And the stop bubble, like, pops up on our screen because apparently my phone can just read what I'm doing. Take with that what you will on how paranoid you want to be about that. So I tried thumbs down, too, because, you know, thumbs down. And then I, you know, it went and then I made a heart. Made a heart with my hands, and it shot hearts out. That's so cool. If I smile, will it, like... Nope, no. it doesn't do that. Great content oh, for audio. Great content for audio, but yeah, I can shoot hearts out of my hands on this app now. That's insane. Anyways, so, uh, yeah, I'll take, uh, I'll take the Eagles, because, again, it feels like whenever a team is this big of a disaster... And they're going against another disaster. Tampa's not really even a disaster. They're kind of an overachiever. Um, but yeah, it kind of feels like the Eagles are just going to like be a disaster and then like suddenly not be a disaster and then everyone will forget about it. And the next year when they like go like nine and eight, everyone will be fucking pissed. All right. Well, I guess we got to give a uh, Super Bowl prediction then to cap this off. All right. You want me to go first? Uh, yeah, you can go first. So I guess who's the game and who wins? Uh, I'm going to have San Fran against, um, Baltimore. That's probably like the over, that's probably like the over, like cheesy answer. However, both teams are just like dogs. <laughs> oh man, look at you being all bold. Well, who's winning then? Um... People are probably going to yell at me for this. They're probably going to pull their car over and just like run into a ditch and scream at me after this. But I think Baltimore's got a good chance. They're looking good. So, again, um, vibes alone. You know, I already said I knew how this was going to go. So, we already know that San Francisco is in my Super Bowl, right? There's also a very large um, conspiracy theory that like the logo colors in the Super Bowl um, and who is in the Super Bowl and you know one of the colors for is purple and one of the colors is red in this year's Super Bowl logo it's been this way for you know kind of a couple years I guess kind of I don't really know I haven't really paid attention um I think that that is crap and will not happen but I do have San Francisco as my NFC representative by throttling the Eagles in the Bay Area in a massive revenge game for last season's NFC title. I think the AFC title picture is a lot more interesting because I do not trust. So the way that I have it set up is Kansas City will be going to Buffalo and Cleveland will be going to Baltimore. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I do not trust Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. I do not care. So I will not be picking the Ravens. Um, You can call me whatever you want for that, but 
I have evidence and I don't trust him. And I don't really trust I don't really trust Kansas City's offense. I don't really trust Josh Allen in the playoffs. And I really cannot bring myself to choose Joe Flacco to go to the Super Bowl as the AFC representative. So I honestly think this feels like the vindication year for the Buffalo Bills. I will take Buffalo to go to the Super Bowl against San Francisco, and I will take them to win. Wow. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know how. To me, and I I even said, I want to take the Steelers in the first round. I didn't. And now we're here. I really think that Buffalo is going to win. I don't know how they will do it. I don't think they should do it. But it really feels like Buffalo is starting to play very well. It feels like they're finding ways to win games. And it feels like Josh Allen is basically putting the backpack on right now, right? Now, I'm sure that they will lose to Kansas City at home in hilarious fashion. You know, now that I've said this, which is okay with me. But, or, you know, I will have said I don't trust Lamar. I don't trust the Chiefs offense. I don't trust, you know, Josh Allen. And then suddenly Joe Flacco in the Browns or in the fucking Super Bowl. Um, boy, would that not be just fun. Yeah. Elite. But I will take the Bills. You're taking the Ravens. I'm taking the Bills. We both have the Niners losing. Yep. All right, Beans. There's only time for one thought-provoking moment before we head out. We have been recording for a myriad of time. Sam is tired. Sam is hungry. Sam doesn't know what to eat tonight. All right. Let's see here. Um, Man, I've got a lot of good ones. We could do two, honestly. Um, you got two that are great that you want to share, man. Most of them are like, like just questions. Like I love questions. If you listen to me talk this entire time. All right. So this is this entire time. This is where we get to judge you as a human being. Are you a folder or a crumpler after you go to the bathroom? Uh, folder. Absolutely. Oh, thank God. Uh, trifold. Yes. If you are if you are a crumpler, straight to jail right away. Straight to jail, absolutely right. Yes, it's like unorganized, it's bad. Yes, it's mass chaos. Like, how do you how do you resolve that? Now, follow up to you. How many sheets of toilet paper? A one ply or two ply? Um, like household toilet paper. Or are we talking like I'm at work toilet paper? Let's say I'm at work. Toilet paper. Oh God! There's there's no amount. I'm at home. Okay. I was like, I'm I am like, if we're at work, I'm like pulling that thing down, and I am like. (laughs) General rule at work is how many sheets, however many comes out when I do a full like poll. Exactly. No, that's that's the only right answer for that. You have legitimate toilet paper. You bought it up. But it's not like Charmin Ultra Soft or any bullshit that like you buy premium luxury, whatever. It's like standard two ply. Like it's not, it's not, you know, 
you're not gonna like get shit water all over your hands just because you like touch your hand to the paper. Uh, five. Five. Okay, I can. Yep. I can do that. What are you? Uh, three to five. Just kind of yep. Three just feels too little. Four. Uh, if your mom ever told you when you were younger, like always use four, because that's the way they were taught as kids. Like, what? you know, it's, yeah, no, like my mom and dad, like when they were taught as kids, only four, because they grew up in a different time period. Mom and dad grew up when it was like, you know, they went through hard times, you know, so they were only, only four at a time. And that's what they were taught. So why weren't they taught like use just two then? I don't know. That's what mom and dad told me when I was younger. That's stuck with me ever since. Well, my grandmother, you know, she used corn cobs because they didn't have indoor plumbing. So, you know. Oh, corn my cob- God. Yep. It, not cobs, but like the. Oh, uh, the leaf. Like yeah. Leaves. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, that's. Back you know, in back in the day, I would understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gavin's done that, too. Let's not let's not hide. Like Gavin's done that before, too. So Gavin absolutely has done that. <laughs> I'd be shocked if Gavin really I feel like that's just a cross country thing yeah no, absolutely um, so yeah alright do you have a second one or nope that was it that was it alright yep. so that's our show today um, I hope that you enjoyed our incessant rambling it was absolutely twice as long and twice as bad as uh, the previous show, I love shitting all over our show that we make every week, Beans. But it's been a pleasure talking to you today, especially, you know, it's it's a great holiday. Nick Saban is no longer here to terrorize college football. Jim Harbaugh is going to leave for the Raiders. And then he's going to beat Tyree Kill like he beats his kids. So, oh! So, oh! Anyway, it's been a great show today, everyone. Thank you again for coming and t- and listening to us today. If you enjoyed this content or just want to listen to us talk to Scott Hansen again, you can find that episode pinned to our Twitter account at underscore underscore F3S. That's underscore underscore capital F, the number three, and capital S. We also sell merch. The link is in the description of the Twitter account. It is a bonfire. Uh, link and you can buy any t-shirt you want. We have things that are show themed, K-State, KU and Kansas State Chiefs themed. Maybe even a Royals theme but we don't care about that. Even though I'm on their spring training roster. You are. I'm so proud of you. If you would like to listen not via Twitter and you don't have a Twitter account, you can find us at Flyover State Sports Show on Spotify and Apple Podcast. We're the number one podcast with both flyover and sport in the title. So it's been a pleasure flying with you guys today. I hope you enjoyed the content. Please stay safe out on the road because it's icy. And if you're going to the game, you're a crackhead. Thank you for being you. Have a great rest of your day, everyone, and good night.
I see a long time to go.